0: Hi, this is John P. Turner, and you're listening to the Million Dollar Mind
1: Podcast. What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 171 on creating opportunities around cannabis. So so I am super excited to have this conversation. We have my brother, John P. Turner on the show, joining us for the first time. You guys are going to love him uh, and the energy that he brings uh, and really the the value that he brings as far as awareness uh, for, for what we're going to be talking about. Right. John is the founder of founder and owner of Boomaye and Boomaye is the Boomaye is the first black owned cannabis company to get cannabis cards 100% online. Also he is a proud brother of our dear fraternity Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated so I'm super excited to you know have this conversation with my brother and um John I, let's dive into today's content but before we do that I I, I want to pass the mic off for you to you know do a little bit more of an introduction and you know tell our listeners what they can expect from today's episode. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, my name is John
0: P. Turner. I'm a social worker, and my background is in mental health. So, um, you know, today I'll be telling you about Boomayé, what the name means, some of the initiatives we have going on, and ways that you can get involved. Um, so, I'm looking forward to this episode because you know we're being allowed to use this flat, this platform to tell
1: others about how we deliver care. Mm. Mhm. Mhm. Awesome. Awesome. And and that that's it. That's super important. How we deliver care and also just when I when I hear about uh just cannabis altogether even though we are v- making very progressive steps towards, you know, what cannabis looks like in our lives and you know how people use it and how people feel comfortable with using it, it's still It's still a a stigma. You can still sense a a stigma of the use of cannabis and how easily it's it's talked about uh, in the black communities. Um, So, I mean, from your experience, do you kind of see the same thing? Do you still do you see it kind of being less of an issue? Where's your perception, of course, being in the industry on, you know, the stigma of the use and talks about of cannabis in the black community?
0: So. Cannabis is a plant, mm-hmm. is a plant, okay? And uh, it doesn't need to be altered, doesn't need to be manufactured in any way. However, it's still illegal to have without a medical marijuana card, ironically. Mm. Um, right? So propaganda throughout the years has supported the idea that people who use cannabis are evil, that they're deviant, that they are criminals, right? Then Mm -hmm. the war on drugs happened. The war on drugs started targeting communities of color, in particular, Black people.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, the, the same Black people who have to resort to illegitimate sources of income Because they're not getting these jobs because of barriers like a positive marijuana drug screening. So, the work that we do is very important, even if you live in a state that is recreational, like New Jersey, because having a medical marijuana card can protect your employment in some cases. Think about the pre employment testing or if you have, let's say, an accident on the job, God forbid, and then they drug test you to see whether you were under the influence of anything at the time you got hurt. Having a mm. medical marijuana card is like a prescription. Um, another example I like to give um are pregnant women who didn't know that they were pregnant, let's say six weeks pregnant, they smoke weed. They smoke mm. weed, right? Um, to deal with their issues, to deal with their depression, to deal with their anxiety, their PTSD, et cetera. So having a medical marijuana card might protect their security with custody, right? Because they usually drug test both parents in custody cases. And then also, let's think about women who have delivered or are getting their prenatal care, a positive drug screen will get.
1: Difus involved. Mm. Um so go ahead. You, you got to say, no, no, something no, else. go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead. I'm I'm
1: fine. No, so I was just gonna <clears throat> add on to that because it, I mean it, it makes a lot of sense how the card um you know acts as a prescription and can really you know protect you in a lot of cases where um historically you know we may not have been protected from the use of it right so even you're saying even in states where the recreational use of cannabis is sanctioned it's still good to at least have um like the 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 the, the card to protect you incur like in case of like workplace accidents and you know other type of, of situations where corporations still control um who they allow in and you know what what um you know what they're allowed allowing to pass as far as if you use it or if you don't use it recreationally or not right and
0: oh and uh it kind of depends on the company um mm-hmm. regarding whether or not they recognize the medical marijuana law and i we put this specifically in our consent form as a risk. We talk about the risk and we talk about the benefit of medical marijuana in our consent forms. And in particular, we highlight that, hey, while this is, um, you know, recognized as a prescription, as medication, as medicine, some companies may not recognize that this is a prescription and your employment is at will. And you might be, you know, put on, the employee, uh, like a um, like drug mandated treatment, mm. or you lose your employment. So that's wow. the risk. Now, most companies are not even drug testing for marijuana anymore. Some companies are, but a lot of new companies and all these other things—they're not drug testing for weed. Why would they? Is is medication? And if you mm-hmm. have a card, it's like okay, you're good, even if you um, test positive. And that's the thing that a card can protect your freedom.
1: Mm. Wow that that is an interesting thing, and I'm 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 sure we're going to dive into it even, in much more detail too, um, uh, John. And I, and I do want to take the take this moment to welcome our our new. Millionaires out there who will be listening um for the first time, and even our millionaires who listen every single week, weekend, and week in, week out, um, and also you, John. I want to welcome you to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast as well. And all right, what's up, millionaire? So I know I shared this once, maybe even twice, but here's the third time. So I'm really starting to lose faith in business cards, and the reason why is because every time I get about 500 business cards, I use about 100 150, and my business has changed whether the website has changed or just things are just changing, especially when you're a new entrepreneur. you know I've been in entrepreneurship just under five years. So, you know, things are still changing. You optimizing, you're getting new websites, getting new Instagram accounts and your business card really expires. So what I learned and what I love now is Popple, right? I have a Popple card right here in my pocket. And what I love about it is it's a physical card that I can put my logo on even has a QR code that I can scan or hold up to somebody's phone and they have a virtual business card where I can update my information as much as I need to. I can share as much information as I want to from my phone number, social media pages, the whole nine. And I can also disable sharing that information if I want to as well. I definitely want you guys to consider Papa because as your business is changing, why spend so much money on these paper business cards when most of the times people throw them away? and it's expired because you changed your business so there's also going to be a link at the bottom of this video for you to download Popple, get your business card or if i hold it up close enough you might be able to scan that qr code well and for those who are joining us for the first time this is the most trusted podcast for passion attraction in the world thanks to each and every single one of you all of course and you're in the right place if you are here looking for Money making tips and tricks on living a more passionate life and just having a better understanding and awareness of what's going on around you. So, again, we have John Turner here on the show joining us, uh, giving us about, you know, information about opportunities around cannabis, the awareness around cannabis and how you can protect yourself, you know, for, you know, if you use cannabis and, you know, the workplace, all kinds of things that a lot of people have questions about and may even be worried about to this day. Um so so let's start off with your story John like what experiences kind of like molded you into the person that is joining us today Yeah definitely so you know I'm I'm
0: very passionate about the cannabis industry mm. um because of two experiences my dad um he is a defense attorney he represents A lot of young black males between the ages of 17 to 24 who are Mm -hmm. facing real time for nonviolent marijuana related charges. Um, The second experience was my mom. Um, She had metastatic breast cancer and underwent a double mastectomy. Um, mm-hmm. And then she started using cannabis to treat her symptoms. Um, so when that happened, I thought back to, hey, um, I have my card now. What can I do to help other people get this medicine? And that's how I got into the cannabis industry.
1: And I was uh, that was going to be my next question. Right. So, like, why why go into the industry of cannabis and Cannabis awareness and, and education, and it really sounds like just you know your experiences and seeing how you know imbalanced the the system was at a, at a specific time. That really is what kind of urged you into you know uh, going into the the awareness and education piece of cannabis, and this, would you say the same for going into um, providing you know uh, the medical cards as well? Yes, um, actually when I
0: got my own card, um, it just made me feel like I can do something about these high prices, I can do something about the process taking so long. And that's why we maintain the standard of getting people their card in just two days. Um, Mm -hmm. In addition, our price is a one time fee, whereas other companies are charging 150 every one to three months to maintain a relationship with their provider so mm. you know we're the most efficient and we're the most affordable and that's been the crux of our success in the community
1: mm. that's that's amazing Well, con, con, first of all congratulations on you know providing um you know such a a a huge uh affordable and valuable service um to to the community what what is the um, Outside of you guys' process and even before Bumaye, what was the, the process of getting a marijuana card and, you know, why was it so extensive at first?
0: Well, I mean, it's all about profit for some companies. Um, before, you had to go into a physical location to see a provider, provided mm-hmm. being a physician who's licensed to provide care through medical marijuana. Um, when the pandemic happened, they turned everything to the virtual option. Now it's um, either or. Some people do hybrid, some people do in-person still, and we do, um, we're a telehealth clinic, so all of our appointments are online.
1: Mm, Okay, and is it like online, face-to-face, or is it like all automated online?
0: Yes, online with a live person. Our physician um, is Dr. David Gordon. He's a retired heart surgeon. So, you know, he has a lot of experience with different medical conditions.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
0: he's able to diagnose and also assess people's needs to find out whether this is really going
1: to be helpful to them and 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 what is what does that look like of course it it sounds like it's a lot of on your part a lot, a lot of networking has to go into it how, how do you go about you know vetting out and and finding you know the 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 physician that you want to work with or physicians that you want to work with
0: i mean we get a lot of we get a lot of referrals a lot of applicants because we deliver care the way we do And Mm -hmm. to be honest, we compensate our doctors well, and we compensate them so well because they give us next day appointments. So they have a Mm -hmm. next day appointment availability and they're compensated well for that. So without our doctors being happy,
1: we wouldn't be as successful as we are. Right. Right. That's um. That, that sounds like the law of reciprocity right there to, to get, exactly. you gotta give. So you just pretty much are taking care of others and others take care of you um, yeah. in, in, in return. Uh, I love it. Um, so I'm not sure if you um, mentioned this earlier, John, uh, cause I'm familiar with the meaning, but you know, for our listeners out there, what, what does, what is Bumaye? What does it mean? And how does that meaning, you know, match up with, you you guys mission and, and, you know, plan to, to serve.
0: So Bumaye means you can do it. It's a, it's a Zulu term and Mm -hmm. our mission is to provide access for people to receive their medicine through medical marijuana. And we do this by approving people for their medical marijuana card throughout New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Mm -hmm. we are literally providing access by transporting people downtown to two dispensaries through our black cannabis dispensary crawl, which is gonna Mm -hmm. be like transporting people. Um, We're gonna have two dispensary tours. Then we're gonna go to a CBD cafe um, to enjoy our products and to um, learn more about CBD. And then we're going to end it off at a um, sophisticated lounge where our um, host will be doing a bud bar. Um, She'll be rolling pre-rolls and also she'll be making infused um, drinks. So really Mm. looking forward to that event. Um, Tickets are only $49.99. That covers transportation, a t-shirt and the dispensary tours.
1: Mm, that's such a creative, um, like a creative event. It, you know, I've heard of bar crawls. I, I've never heard of uh, a dispensary crawl. So like, how, how did that idea, you know, how was that idea birthed? And um, w- what did that look like, you know, putting that together? And do you see yourself like doing more events in the future uh, with Bumaye?
0: Yes, definitely. So we look at our data and we follow up with our uh, patients, to see if they've connected to treatment um, six months out from their date of approval. So about 40% of our patients, the data indicated that they had not gone to a dispensary after they've gotten their card. So I said, well, what are the reasons why? We did another poll. The data indicates, well, because they don't know where to go and they don't know what to ask for. So that process is intimidating in a way. Someone connecting to care for the first time, they have low what's called health literacy, which is like just being aware of how to navigate the healthcare system and knowing Mm -hmm. about different conditions. So, um, you know, having the low health literacy and being intimidated by the process was a major barrier for people that connected care. So that's why we're literally transporting them downtown to say, Hey, this is where you, this is where you can get it. Um, and this is what their products look like.
1: Mm. And so, wow. You, you said, um, You you said you said a lot there, John, and a a lot that I'm trying to pick apart and highlight for our listeners because it will be super helpful. Um, You mentioned data, right? Looking at the data and, you know, identifying, you know, certain numbers uh, and demographics of of people and um, again, some inequalities, some trends. And for you, like, how are you able to pick apart the best data? that applies to, you know, what you're doing and can help you, you know, create more. Uh, Because I'm just thinking about people who are even not in cannabis, right? Because we had an episode, I would say, maybe a month ago uh, with a a data scientist and uh, someone who does ads, and he was telling us about reading the data, reading the data. But just for the repetition, if we can go into you know your process and you know how you're able to pick apart data that's most important, I think that it help out a lot of people who you know don't really have that understanding of how important data really is, and we just kind of do things just to kind of do things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So we use data from Square. Okay, Um, it gives us a lot of good information. So, I download the data, put it into Excel, and I start averaging different numbers. Like, I'll Mm -hmm. average the uh, age of our typical customer, how many um, people we have by race, location. So, like Philadelphia, Camden, uh, New York, New York. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm able to just sort and filter the data either i know how to do it or i'll look it up but a lot of support and sponsorship and partnerships are driven by data so that's why i always harp on okay what do the numbers look like
1: Mm. because because men and women lie numbers do not (laughs) the the numbers don't lie for sure and like do you um Blast out surveys to kind of learn more about your audience as well and kind of things that they enjoy?
0: Yeah, we do. Um, so we have a consent form for all of our um, surveys and everything like that. So I usually send it out through um, like a Google poll, just different questions. Um, we do polls on Instagram. So we get data from a variety of places. OK, OK,
1: that makes a lot of sense. I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear that. And I never even really thought about it from that perspective as well, how you mentioned that having the data um, makes it easier or even more practical to get sponsorships um, and investors and, you know, people who can really help you out um, in a in a financial way and even in a, you know, in a way of mentorship as well, just from Handing over the data and you know showing them the numbers and it, it, having the numbers is just easier for people to see it as something yeah. that they can get behind or or not. So, uh, did you go to school for for any of this? Like, what what what, what has been your experience of like you know uh, undergrad and even any graduate you know uh, degrees that you may have? And I'm just trying to get an idea of you know how you've been able to you know. Find these opportunities and and make these things happen, you know, with or without, you know, any previous history of like, you know, going to school for it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I would say that going to college is not a prerequisite for opening and starting a cannabis business. I know a Mm -hmm. lot of business owners who may have GEDs or may have um, high school diplomas, but they've been in business for the last two years because they were resourceful and um, intentional about getting more income. So Mm -hmm. I just want to say that for our listeners um, Mm -hmm. to encourage anyone who's thinking about starting a cannabis business to contact me and we can have a conversation to possibly make that come to fruition. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me personally, I went to Temple University for undergrad. Um, I graduated with a degree in psychology. Um, then I went over to Rutgers and graduated with a um, master's degree in nonprofit management. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I have been in the mental health field for a while. And um, for about the last seven years. And I've been able to just network. Um, I learned. I learned different grassroots efforts and techniques. So I do things like go on uh, different events and pass out flyers. Like today I'm going to um, the roots picnic to pass out Mm. flyers. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you think about the foot traffic there, I'm always talking about medical marijuana and the benefits of it to people. And people get excited about it because we also have a referral program for $25 a person who schedules an appointment and, you know, we give weekly pay. So we try to incentivize everything that we do so that we can also improve and enhance our communities.
1: Mm, That's, that's big right there. Improving the community, enhancing the community. I I love the word community. Community. Because, you know, even outside as, of course, your your community grows, you know, it makes it easier um, and even more beneficial for you to do more things like the dispensary crawls or even, you know, more events that you may do. And, of course, having a community of people that are like minded, you know, moving towards the same thing, it just it just puts that community and everybody in a part of that community in a a better place uh, in the long run. Uh, So I, I love that that is something that you're, you're striving towards uh, of building a community. Um, What, what do you think are like the, the, in your opinion, what are some of the things that are helpful for you for, you know, continuing to grow and build that community? Wait, say that one more time. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Like for you, um, what have been some methods or some, some, some conversations you may have had that have been really proven to help you build out that community, um, in, in a way that you envision it looking.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I would say, um, get involved in the community events for your industry. So, Mm. you know, speaking generally, even if you were in like the communications or PR industry, you would go to events that are specific to what you want to do or who you want to work with. So you got to have the right audience in front of you. You can't just talk to everybody and expect them to jump on board with your idea. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we give off emotional reactions when people disagree with us or challenge our idea about our organization or um, agency. So Mm -hmm. I would say be open and flexible, but make sure you're talking to the right person. Because, you know, talking to the wrong person might be very discouraging when you might have an idea that can positively impact the world. Right, right. Um, it definitely can be point, uh, discouraging. Right. Uh, case in point, I was at a um, 420 festival that was next to a, some. it was some type of pop-up shop. But it Mm -hmm. was definitely not marijuana related. So I couldn't tell the difference at first. So I went to the first pop-up shop and went to different tables telling people about my business. And I was getting like these disgusted looks. And then Mm -hmm. I said, oh, wow, they must be in a different event. So I went over and I saw who I was looking for. And when I talked to people about my business, they were very excited and wanted to get involved. So you got to be talking to the right audience and be flexible and open to people giving you feedback about your company. Because, again, you might think that your communication is on point, Mm -hmm. but if your audience can't understand you, you got to adapt to that feedback.
1: Man, John, you, you you don't even understand how on point and on time you are with that uh, that advice. Uh, we literally just ha- I just had this conversation uh, yesterday um, uh, on the on the on the podcast, which we were talking about just understanding your avatar and your target. And you're saying, like, if you don't understand your target, you can be the best communicator in the world. But ultimately, you're you're communicating with a wall if you're communicating with people that are not your avatar. And so right. um, that, that leads to my next question. And for you, um, th- though, this may be a redundant question and it may seem, you know, obvious and clear um, as far as, you know, who your target audience is. But when you first got started, how did you identify and really sp- get specific as far as. Who your avatar, a.k.a. your target audience was and what they looked like, what, where they hung out at, what they did. How did you identify those things so that you can make sure to majority of the time put yourself in a space where you're communicating with that person?
0: Definitely. So I started looking at different hashtags on social media and I mm-hmm. found um, a young man named Keith Walker. And he's an mm-hmm. event planner in the cannabis space in Philadelphia and the surrounding mm-hmm. areas. So I found his page and he posts different events on his page. So I just started going to the events. And then, as the face was associated with the name, you know, I started talking to him about my ideas. And then he was just very open and introducing me to people. And, as I met people at the events, I got involved with what they were doing, and they were vending at different events and it w- it just happened organically
1: mm. and I, I the organic conversations and the organic um interactions are always best, right because they feel like they involve the the least amount of effort they they really keep you motivated to have even more of those interactions. Um, and they they leave you excited, right? It, it it does the opposite of what talking to people who are not in your industry and not interested in your interests uh, do to you, which is kind of can be demotivating and make you feel like you're in the wrong space or you're not doing enough, or you're not doing the right things. Um, and it's interesting that we find ourselves talking about this um at this time john because i was listening to um one of one of my favorite podcasters as well uh his his name is david shans and he was having a conversation about you know doing the same thing of like networking with the right people and um i believe he had a guest on there her name is ronnie brown and they were talking about creating the table and so when you go into these networking events and these spaces as you mentioned earlier of just finding you know uh, events and in, in, in spaces that match your industry, whether it's cannabis, whether it's you know uh, communications, whatever it is. Um, it's not necessarily looking at the people that are on the stage and thinking, oh, I'm trying to be on the stage with them, but looking at the people that are next to you, looking at the people on the stage and seeing you know uh, what what we have in common and what spaces that we have for collaboration. Um so in your industry do you or even just in your business do you see it as a space that is more welcoming to collaboration where you know something like that makes sense
0: Well you know nothing can be done in a silo nothing can be done on our own um if you want to go fast go alone right if you want to go far go together we've all heard that before mm-hmm. so The industry that I work in, in terms of the community industry, we are all collaborative because we understand that nothing can be done alone. So everybody's really collaborative to the point um, where, uh, you know, when people are vending their, you know, non-marijuana products, they will refer you to somebody else if they don't have what you're looking for.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's always, that's always good, of to, you know, to understand how you can't help somebody and being able to have the person in your back pocket, you know, or somewhere close that, you know, can help them and being able to refer them to somebody, it still feels like, um, uh, even though you may not reap any financial benefit from it or, or any direct benefit, it still feels like you benefited from that situation, even by being able to point someone in the right direction, if you weren't able to, you know, be that person to help them out. Um, definitely. So what did your first steps look like in, you know, creating Bumaye, Um and just kind of stepping into the business of cannabis and cannabis education? Yeah,
0: definitely. I would say the first step, is to speak to an accountant and to speak to a lawyer. Um the mm. accountant so that you make sure that you are um abiding by you know state and federal regulations for opening and maintaining a business mm-hmm. and then you want to speak to a lawyer so that
1: you're um complying with the law. Okay. What was that would you say that that those were your first steps or are you saying like those are what you would recommend doing now that you kind of have the experience under your belt? Yeah, I would say definitely having
0: the experience under my belt. Um, I okay. did. The steps kind of out of order, but that's how you learn. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely have some bumps on my head, but it's only made me a better leader.
1: Definitely, definitely. So um, based on outside of because you just gave us one of them, right? Getting the accounting and the lawyer. Um, What else or what's something that happened, you know, in your journey that you would have done differently, you know, knowing what you know now versus how you were starting out?
0: Yeah, I would just say um, just missing out on on opportunities to work with people. because of a variety of different reasons. But just thinking now, I'm just like, darn, I should have uh, just did a little bit more to foster that relationship.
1: Mm. Mm. Relationships are important. I feel like relationships in any industry is like, I have this saying where it's like, success is 90% mindset and 10% skill. If you were to apply that with relationships, I would equally say that Success is 90% relationships and 10% operations. Would you agree with that? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> word, word. So now that you are operating, you know, at at um, you know, at a at a full capacity, what what were your expectations of what it looked like versus reality of what it actually looks like now?
0: So initially, I thought I would have a store. Okay. um, And that I would sell the CBD pet treats that we have, um, as well as adult CBD uh, products. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when the pandemic hit, we went to a telehealth clinic. So the plan kind of changed from reality based on us adapting to the pandemic.
1: Okay. Okay. And so now with the pandemic, uh, it, it may, it may be slowing down now. Do you feel like because of the pandemic that it, it it may have been in your best best um your best favor not to uh have that storefront, or do you still feel like having that storefront would have changed some things? um just for for business
0: Well, i firmly believe that everything happens for a reason so mm-hmm. i can't dwell on what happened i just have to adapt and try to do something you know to move us in a positive direction in the future mhm
1: mhm that that's a, that's a good point that's a good point you know you don't want to really dwell on it so John, it's interesting you say that because that is a skill that a lot of people um, that a lot of people lack. And it is definitely something that you have to work towards and work on constantly. So for you, like, how do you find yourself in this space where you can be okay with sometimes things happening against your favor? You know, things sometimes feeling like they're happening to you but just adopting that mindset that things are happening for you. How, how do you get to such a, a peaceful space uh, in, in that type of, you know, um, place of mind uh, when, when dealing with things like that?
0: I mean, like you said, it's a skill that you have to work on almost daily. My mm-hmm. dad, um, he kind of said something to me that stuck, that has stuck with me since he told me in, what was that? 2000. 11, 2012-ish, he said, John, don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff. For me, mm-hmm. that kind of changed my life because I had to look at things. I'm like, well, what's inside of my control right now? And I'll try to work on what's in my control. Everything else, i just got to be at peace with because it is what it is, unfortunately, sometimes.
1: hmm it is what it is uh and, and i i like that don't what what was that quote that your, your dad said again don't sweat the small stuff because it's just small stuff because it's all small stuff it's all small stuff mm-hmm. wow i i love that because in the grand scheme of things it really is all small right all all these experiences that we deal with on a daily basis it happened in that day so that is in essence, what makes it small? Because at the end of the day, the only thing that is big is the person you become from all of these small experiences and these small happenings that kind of mold into the big thing, which is you. Ultimately, I, I love that 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 mindset. Um, so, I mean, while we're on the topic of resistance and you know dealing with these small stuff and, and the happenstances of just obstacles in, in life in general. What type of resistance did you get at first um, and initially and how did you overcome that resistance, um, you know, just throughout your mindset, you know, practice, whatever? How did you overcome some of these things that kind of stood in your way or potentially halted you from starting Bumaye?
0: So you have to be consistent. And you have to be sincere and genuine. So I attend these community events to be consistent and to make sure people associate my face with my name as well as with my brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to keep showing up regardless of whether people throw away your business card or drop it on the floor and you have to pick it up and put it back with the rest of the stack. Or if people, you know, just say they don't want a flyer before I even open my mouth or, you know, people just telling you, no, no, I don't want to work with you. No, I don't believe in your idea. You have to have resilience because everybody goes through that
1: at first. Right. Right. Everything, every everyone does go through some type of pushback. And I think that's a. I think that's a prerequisite to success It's like when you have to hit a certain threshold and you have to break through a certain atmosphere to unlock us another level uh, of success, whatever that success looks like for you. Um, as far as going back to, you know, to your, you know, your educational experience as well and, and tapping into the cannabis industry, what little things kind of made the learning and the implementation of starting your own cannabis business less overwhelming for you?
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, I went to graduate school for nonprofit management. So we learned about different aspects of starting, running and shutting down businesses. So mm-hmm. I used that knowledge, those that knowledge, those skills and my abilities to Formulate an idea, um, to come up with a business plan, and then mm. to execute the business plan. Mm.
1: Okay, so really, um it like it may not be, it may not have been related to cannabis, but ultimately, like your educational background, one hundred percent is related to you know business success. It, it sounds like, even because you said um, you went into psychology or philosophy. Yeah.
0: Undergrad with psychology,
1: psychology. So even just understanding psychology, you know, that can be a major part, uh, you know, with your experiences of understanding, you know, how people think and how people buy and how people shop, how people network. And, you know, again, going back to building that community, understanding those things can can really help you strategically plan events and, you know, build out a community that is valuable and helpful for the people in which you're looking to serve. Um, Right. So w- was that always the plan? Like, were you do you would you say that going into those majors was intentional building up to this? Like, did you always know you were going to open up, whether it was a cannabis business or any business? What was that intentional or was it more so just something like, hey, I have an interest in psychology. Uh, so I, I think I'm going to pick this up as my major. How, how did that decision making process uh, plan out? So my
0: family has a history of mental illness and substance abuse, and I always wanted to understand their perspective to love on them better um, so that I can know their daily struggles and try to provide my support as much as possible. So I didn't know, I actually did not know what I wanted to do. Um, At first, I wanted to actually be an epidemiologist. They Mm study like pandemics, epidemics, stuff like that um mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to do at first going into undergrad i changed my major probably like two or three times then in graduate school I had to take a year off actually and uh you know I had a serious conversation with myself like John what do you want to do here so I went back to school um then I just was working in the field. So I've worked in like community mental health, inpatient mental health. So I have a variety of experiences that has prepared me to start a company that deals with mental and chronic medical conditions.
1: Mm. Hmm. Interesting. And so it's just, it's just, it's just funny how the The universe works because even in the period of you finding these things that you know you wanted to get into and uh just kind of finding your way it it still seems like you naturally flowed towards something that that led you to what you're passionate about and it sounds like your passion is you know uh within that health uh mental health and that physical health realm of just you know betterment right it just sounds like you're in that that realm of betterment but everything that you did kind of naturally flowed towards that um to where it may have been intentional or it may have just been um universal however you want to use it um but how are you able to just kind of keep your mind sharp and fixated on the the opportunities of growth and development in each area that you found yourself in and kind of picking apart this one thing that can help you build to you know now creating boomay what would you say was like the main thing that helped as far as the mindset and just being receptive to these opportunities
0: i would say thinking about people's reactions to our brand is very mm-hmm. encouraging um when we're tabling at cureleaf and i see people coming in with walking canes, or ball headed with no eyebrows, or they come in with a walker, right? These are all reasons that make it evident that our patient population needs us. So those people who wear who who walk with a cane because of chronic pain, um, those people who don't have hair or eyebrows because of cancer or those people who walk with a walker because of MS. So, you know, it is a constant reminder when I see our patients that we have to go through whatever it is we have to go through. Don't sweat the small stuff Mm -hmm. and be resilient.
1: Don't sweat the small stuff and be resilient. And, um, resilience though, it has one Webster dictionary, uh, one Webster definition. I feel like it can have many meanings, you know, depending on the situation, uh, for you, John, what does resilience look like for you? What what does that ultimately mean?
0: Um, So I would say resilience would look like having one customer for the past two years. um, You know, a person in that situation would have to have a conversation with him or herself like, hey, you know, you've been doing this for a while. Is this the right time? Are you the right person to be the face of the company, etc.? So our resilience looks like having just a couple of weeks where there are no patients. You know, it might be from like April 28th to May 15th without any patients. But the way we continue getting patients and increasing the volume is by passing out flyers, passing out business cards. So you have to meet people where they are.
1: You got to meet people where they are. Um, And part again going back to that uh, reciprocity meeting people are where they are is also how people learn how to meet you where you are and it's that um that constant exchanging of energy and and give and take and um if you are always giving and no one's meeting you where you are it would make them not want to you know continue the the relationship and vice versa so i'm a firm believer of what you just said you know just kind of meeting people where they are meeting people in the middle Um, finding ways to create those win-win situations. That's huge as well. Um, You know, just kind of creating a a situation where we can all win and where we can all benefit um, and reap the benefits, you know, from the the relationship. Um, So what did you enjoy or what do you enjoy the most about the process and the journey into, you know, entrepreneurship um, and just the cannabis education industry in, in, in general, what do you enjoy most about that process and that journey?
0: I enjoy, well, let me say it like this. The tough situations are what make us stronger and the tough situations are um, what we look back on as something that build our built our character and our um, team building skills. So, you know, what we're going through right now is only temporary. It will not last forever. Um, so I just like to remind myself about that when tough situations arise.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I, I love to hear that. And John, I just uh, want to say I, I appreciate you just for just, you know, sharing your insights and, and, and being super open about sharing your experiences and You know your purpose your your why for getting into into cannabis it it really is encouraging and i'm sure a lot of our millionaires whether they're you know interested in getting into cannabis as well or any type of business i still feel like a lot of these these gems are transferable as far as helping people get to where they want to be and adopting the certain mindsets that they need to adopt uh, to get to where they want to be as well Uh, but with that said we are getting ready to transition into uh, our next segment, which is our rapid fire round uh, and rapid fire, John, this is just uh, you know, for us to have fun and lighten the mood um, and, and, you know, just learn a little bit more, you know, ask some fun questions. I will say that these questions have nothing to do with what we just talked about. They are five random questions. <laughs> and um, I would say the best it. way for us to tackle them is to, you know, have fun uh, uh be brief be brave but most importantly have fun so you you ready for that rapid fire round let's do it brother awesome let's get it For the first one we got what is your most unusual talent
0: <laughs> um my most unusual oh um i can make my finger Become double jointed.
1: Mm, So, like that little, how people be like doing that little popping thing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely can't do that. (laughs) I already, I just got arthritis just from thinking about it. (laughs) All right. Number two, if you could look through one person's email without them knowing, whose email would you look through?
0: (laughs) I would look through, hmm the CEO of a healthcare
1: company. Mm. I'm sure you will figure out a whole lot about that from, from that email thread or from exactly. those, those email threads. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, would you rather be the most popular kid in school or the smartest kid in school? I would say the smartest. Definitely. Uh, I'm definitely in agreement with that. The smartest <laughs> for sure. Um Number four, what things do you do every day that you wish could be automated? I love that one. Um, choosing clothes. Choosing clothes. Yeah. Hmm. I never really thought about that. No. I guess if that was I guess if that was automated, it would make you know <laughs> decision making a lot quicker and, and faster. But for you yeah. you're not worried that it would take away from like the, your, your creative expression or like you know uh, it wouldn't take away from you if it was if it was automated
0: I don't know I would have to try it first honestly
1: right <laughs> I know right.
0: that is a um pain for me because mm-hmm. I'm either picking out an outfit for work or I just wear all black like scrubs and I like Got when you. I wear scrubs because it takes away from that time and allows me to give it somewhere else hopefully.
1: Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, and then just kind of going back to that word automated, if it's truly automated, it it should be automated for you, like what, what, how you think, how you do things, et cetera, et cetera. So, okay, that's an interesting one. Last one is what would be the worst movie sequel ever, ever made? The
0: worst movie single. I mean, movie sequel. Um, Yeah. Probably... oh um jackass
1: oh yeah yeah yeah. i could definitely see that i don't really think i think they yeah they don't need any more movie (laughs) sequels yeah yeah and 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 plus they would probably have to change the the whole cast up with those guys getting a little bit older i I don't think that they'll be willing to do some of the things they've done 10 15 20 years ago yeah all right. So, uh, man, John, I appreciate you for sharing that rapid fire around with us. Um, we getting ready to wrap things up. And before I, I let you go, I do have a, a couple more questions for you. And, um, you know, the first one is uh, the red pill, blue pill. So we love to do this, uh, this red pill, blue pill scenario with our guests and we're going to switch things up. So instead of, you know, me giving you a red pill, blue pill scenario that you're going to pick, I-, I want you to give our listeners Uh, a red pill blue pill scenario to pick from and what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna put that scenario in the polls on our facebook mastermind as well as um in you know on the twitter polls as well as on uh spotify as well so people are gonna be able to vote on which pill they'll pick so if you could give us any red pill blue pill scenario what would it what would what does that look like
0: um Okay, so if you were dropped off in a jungle, what is the one thing you would take with you?
1: Mm. Okay, the, re- so, the
0: reason why I ask that is because you know the and uh you know the jungle is symbolic for whatever industry you work in and you got to have a machete to be cutting through to get to where you want to be so that that would be my answer so listeners tell me what it would be
1: Mm. okay I, i love the question it's not necessarily a red pill blue pill but i love the question and i think that it would raise some i'm just thinking how i could put it into pole perspective so you dropped off in the jungle and you can only bring one item. What would it be? Probably just leave it open for people to just comment what 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 item they'll, they'll bring. Do you want to get some on, options? Let
0: me, yeah, let me do it again. Let me do it again. Hold okay, on. all right. Um, cool.
1: All right.
0: Okay, so if... Okay, you said that already. You said the smartest in the... Okay, got you. Um, okay, so... If the red pill meant marriage, and the blue pill meant mm, hold on, let me let me think about this for a second.
1: Yeah, and I give <laughs> I give you some examples. So I had um, okay. one of our guests. She gave us a red pill, blue pill, and it was this one was more geared towards the ladies. But she was like, "Would you rather red pill? You have a partner." that loves you um, and respects you but cannot provide for you financially and blue pill you have a partner that cannot or that doesn't respect you but can give you everything that you want financially Hmm.
0: that's a good one okay so if the red pill was winter forever And the blue pill was summer forever. And you couldn't do anything about the weather conditions. You couldn't wear a um, coat in the winter or shorts in the summer. Which one would you choose? You want me to make it simpler? Hold on. All right. (laughs) This is tough, bro. This is tough. It
1: it is. It is.
0: um okay okay if the red pill meant that someone cooked all of your meals and the blue pill meant someone did all of your laundry which one would you choose
1: Mm, okay all right so we got red pill blue pill so red pill is you have all of your meals provided for you Mm -hmm. and then blue pill is you never have to worry about doing laundry again. Mm-hmm. I like, I, I like, I like that red pill, blue pill scenario. I'm still going to ask people the jungle question. I still love that question. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have, we're gonna have both questions in there in the group. And I, I, I definitely want to welcome you to, you know, tap in and join our Facebook mastermind as. A way to network with some of our millionaires who tap in with us, and even for you to even monitor and, and see how people respond to those questions as well. But so again, for our listeners, we have two. We got two questions now that you are y'all going to answer. The first one is: you dropped off in the jungle, you could only bring one item. Which item are you bringing? And then we got a red pill, blue pill question, which is red pill. You're deciding to go with a life of never having to worry about food, right? You have someone who cooks all of your meals for you and brings them to you hand homemade and then number two the blue pill is you don't have to worry about doing laundry again for the rest of your life which pill are you taking and which item are you bringing i appreciate those questions john that was a a, definitely a fun way of getting some engagement out of our listeners and now this question is you know more for you know for you to talk to the people uh you know additionally as well and uh, if you were to, you know, you were dropped off in the jungle, and you stumble across a spin image of the of the eighteen version, uh, eighteen year old version of yourself. So you are this isn't you, but it's a it's a it's an eighteen year old boy, and he is a spin image of who you were at eighteen. What would be some advice you would give to that eighteen year old? Definitely um, give people grace. Mm. You
0: know, if everybody's doing the best that they can with what they have,
1: mm-hmm. that would be it. Yeah, no, I look. That's a super lean way of of putting it. And I, that's the that's the word of the quarter for me. Grace and giving people grace, and um, ever since I've had um, a conversation uh, with one of our guests a couple months ago, that has been the the focus of just my life in general just giving myself grace giving others grace and understanding that you know i'm human we make mistakes but most importantly it's not just about making a mistake and saying oh i made a mistake but it's learning from that mistake and just saying hey i made this mistake but i can learn this from this and that's ultimately what giving yourself grace is um what what, what would you say that giving yourself grace looks like for for you
0: so I'm a
1: social worker about
0: training and I work in discharge planning. So mm-hmm. that means that when people are ready to be discharged from the hospital, I'm the person who um, makes sure there's a safe plan for their next form of treatment. So, grace for me looks like being understanding when I'm working with difficult patients or difficult families that they are only advocating in the way that they know how to advocate and that their loved one is in the hospital and they're so concerned that their emotions are being exhibited and it's affecting their ability to communicate in the way they want to communicate.
1: Mm. Mm. Man, that's, that's a powerful statement right there. And it's, it's so much, to unpack from that. Um, but the biggest thing that I've kind of unpacked from that is just not, you know, not understanding or not having a a positive relationship with yourself and with grace, uh, it it definitely impacts on how you communicate with others ultimately. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, Hey John, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And, um, I, I, I definitely want to give you this, the space now, um, to To talk to our uh, our listeners and you know tell us a little bit more about what you have going on and, and tell us where we can find you and also if you having that dispensary crawl uh, in the Philadelphia area coming up tell us you know when that um, when that takes place uh, where we can find tickets and any way that we can get involved with uh, other things that you have going on in the future. Definitely.
0: So, um, Boumayer is the first black owned cannabis company to approve people for their medical marijuana card in just two days. Um, In addition to medical marijuana cards, we also specialize in CBD pet treats as well as cannabis themed apparel. So we are a telehealth practice. Um, We have our own physician and we operate throughout Pennsylvania and New Jersey with the plan to expand into Florida this summer. Um, So you can find us on social media at Boomaye. USA on Instagram and Bumaye.org on Facebook. Um, Also, my number is 267-563-6707. And we are currently planning a Black Cannabis Dispensary Crawl in Center City, Philadelphia. Um, And we are going to transport people downtown to to dispensaries. Um, Then we're going to a CBD shop. And then lastly, we're gonna end things off at a um, consumption lounge, Um, meaning that people will be able to use their product, um, get more information on their product, and just enjoy and network um, in the space that we're creating.
1: Awesome! Awesome! That sounds like an amazing event. If I was in Philly, I definitely would be particip- uh, participating myself, John, just to you know, uh, be in that 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 space. Uh, but for all you millionaires who are in the area and are super interested in you know learning more about that event and other events that Boomaye bring, um, and just how to be involved in the in the community in general, definitely reach out to John. Um, you know at those social tags that he mentioned and be a part of the community um and you know john i gotta say again i appreciate you for taking time out of your morning to you know have this conversation with us and and the millionaires out there who are tuning in uh, and as always again for our millionaires that are tapped in i'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show. Week in, week out, you guys do the thing with, you know, engaging with me, giving me, you know, feedback, you know, letting us know what types of topics you guys want to hear from, saying hello when you see me on the street. That's that's exciting as well. Uh, so I want to thank you all in advance for becoming the change agents that you're bound to become, especially as you apply some of the principles you heard today from John. Um, now, if you listen to this episode and you really relate to a lot of what has been you know talked about and after tapping in with us you really feel motivated to make some changes step into a new industry network and connect with people i want to encourage you even more to network with john and especially if you are you know interested in getting into cannabis and cannabis education you know john being you know someone in the industry will be a great person to reach out to for information on you know how to start uh you know uh cannabis business or even how to collab and network with other people who are in the business like john right so that's that's i'm saying all that to say this closed mouths don't get fed so this episode was brought to you in in with the intention of you learning more uh bring, being more aware of what's going on around you and connecting you with people who are really doing the thing so that you can connect with them and network in that in that space so john again it's been a pleasure having you on the show uh i'm your guy kai speaks you just heard from john p turner the owner and founder of boomaya on opportunities and creating opportunities around cannabis just remember to keep focused build momentum and drive results so you can live peacefully peace